you're always going to make an excuse not to do something. And the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. And a lot of the times, you know exactly what you need. I, I do this a lot where I'll ask for advice or an opinion and I'll listen to it, but I already know the answer and what I want to hear. A big thing of mine has been just trusting my gut because a lot of people don't realize like your body's and your instinct is telling you what you need to do, whether you know it or not. Welcome back to another episode of Chapter 20-something with me, Kylie McDonald. Happy Tuesday! Hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day, Galentine's Day, Singles Awareness Day, whatever you want to call it, whatever your circumstance is currently. Hope you made it a great one. (laughs) I always think it's so funny. Like, I was just getting my eyebrows done. And the girl was like, so did you do anything special for Valentine's Day? And I'm like, no. Like, I, <laughs> like, I'm single. Nothing's going on. We're good. And I'm like, whatever. Like, you know, watched a cute movie, had some chocolate, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what about you? She's like, <laughs> she's like, I actually got engaged. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That conversation just happened a half hour ago. So, you know, it's <laughs> it's going well. It was cute. I love proposal stories. I just saw this one on TikTok, of course. Um, it's pretty popular. It's like the girl's playing this virtual reality game and she's going in. This girl is like fighting all the monsters, all the demons in her head. Um, and <laughs> she's playing this game, can't see anything. And the family transforms the room while she's playing the game and puts a bunch of rose petals down and pictures of the couple. And when she finishes her battle, she takes off the, I don't know, VR goggles. I don't know what they're called. I'm not hip like that. And he's down on one knee and it's really, really cute. Uh, so go watch that one. Um, but yeah, I, I love, love cute proposal stories. Um, I just don't like people asking me what I did for Valentine's Day when I had nothing to do. (laughs) And people get so weird about Valentine's Day. I was talking to a friend of mine and she like just started talking to this guy and he said that it was too early in the relationship to hang out on Valentine's Day. (laughs) I'm like girl that is a red flag right there if I ever knew one and I do but come on like Valentine's Day is a way for Hershey's to make money it's a way for us to eat those little candy hearts whether you think they're gross or not that's the only time of year they get their profit um it's for little kids to give cards to their classmates and be all cute I used to love that you would write little notes and they would always be themed I probably gave like Lizzie McGuire themed Valentine's cards to all my classmates 
definitely did probably some Mary Kate and Ashley ones too and it's just super cute and it's a day for little kids to feel special <laughs> maybe this time next year you know we'll be in some different circumstances but time will tell ladies and gentlemen time will tell anyway today on the show we have Jenna Atkinson Jenna is an actress, a model, and she's a life coach. This girl, you'll hear her story in the conversation, but she really is just making it her mission in life to let people know that there is somebody there for them and that we all have a purpose in this world and in the day ahead of us. And I truly admire her so much for the work that she is doing. Um, so you will love her. Her Instagram is at Jenna underscore Atkinson underscore. And then her life coaching business is at Smile with Jenna. And you could also go to smilewithjenna.com. And from there, you could find the links to her Etsy page, to the, the You Made My Day stickers that she talks about. And she's selling. I bought some. I use them. I love them. She's also blogging on there, has a bunch of videos. She's really doing such great work. So go check out Jenna, support her. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram at chapter20somethingpod. Feel free to leave a review rate review we got some good ones coming in thank you and you can follow me official kylie mcdonald this is a really special interview guys so i hope you enjoy it and we will talk next week all right have a good one much love on this valentine's day (laughs) okay bye today we have such a special wonderful beautiful amazing guest i went to college with her her name is jenna atkinson hello hello i can't stop smiling after that and seeing you and oh i know i'm honestly just so happy to be sitting here i feel giddy oh good (laughs) (laughs) so we were saying like i haven't really spoken to you Uh, i mean we've been in touch but we haven't talked since I graduated, which was like three years ago. So Mm -hmm. that's insane. But I mean, how was the rest of your college experience? (laughs) You know, it's crazy because like when you're in college, it feels like it's going pretty slowly. And then all of a sudden it's senior year and you're grabbing your diploma and you're done. (laughs) Yeah. Then you're just completely done. It's like, oh my God. It's just how did those four years fly by? Right. And, And like in those four years, all those friends and people that you meet are like your family. So then you say goodbye to them and it's like, when am I going to see you again? So yeah. And it is, especially at Ryder and like in our program, like it's such a tight knit community. Like everybody is just so super close. And that was like one of my favorite parts about it for sure. I don't know about for you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I had gone to my first audition of Ryder and meeting people, that was like the number one thing that I noticed right off the bat. And I think a lot of people also say that is just, it feels like one big family. Yeah. I remember, I think it was your freshman year. We auditioned for some student films. Do you remember that? Yes, I was thinking about that today. I was like, what is the first experience I had with Kylie? And we had a callback together. And wasn't it like, weren't we lesbians or something like that? I think we were. Yeah, but it was, I I forget the scenario. But I was like, hey, Jenna, you're super pretty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like we didn't know each other at all. So we're like, okay, here we go. Here goes. I know. But I was like, all right, this girl seems nice. Like, let's just do it. 
it. It's fine. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. I don't, I didn't get the part. I don't remember if you got the part. No, I definitely did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're on to bigger and better things. It's yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start from the beginning. We obviously met when we were both at school. You were for musical theater. I was for acting. So where did you grow up? And were you always into that stuff? Yeah, I grew up in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. People probably don't know where that is, which is totally fine. <laughs> um, but I started dancing when I was little. So I was about four years old. And that's kind of how I grew up in the performing world, at least. And then I didn't really like it at first. So I got into gymnastics and I ended up kicking my instructor in the face, like in the nose and giving him oh a bloody nose and it traumatized <laughs> me. So I refused to go back to that. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this dancing thing will work out. Yeah. How old were you? Like probably like five or six. Oh, like, five or six. Yeah. <laughs> You're like making people bleed in class. It's like someone get this girl out of here. Exactly. I know. I refused to step back in there. I was so scared. Oh, that that's so sad. You're probably just a sweet little kid. You're like, I didn't mean to. Yeah, exactly. But I loved dance. Like my first dance recital when I was little, we had these little balloons and we just walked around all over the stage and in circles with these little balloons. Because, you know, when you're four years old, it's like, you know, walking on your tippy toes and skipping and hopping. There's not much dance going on. <laughs> yeah, but it's so fun. So you continued through dance and all that. When did you decide like, oh, like I might actually want to do this? Yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate. I went to a performing arts high school. Did you? I didn't know yeah. that. Cool. So I moved to Pennsylvania um, when I was in high school and we were looking around at different school options and I ended up going to performing arts school. And the cool thing about there is they are, I think, the only school in the country or number two in the country that has figure skating as a major, which Ooh. is great. Um, but I did vocal studies there. I learned a little bit of everything, which was pretty cool, like French art song, Italian art song, German, all the different types of languages and singing. But it was probably like my senior year, I was like, hmm, you know, I just can't imagine doing anything other than performing because I had been doing it for so long that the idea of not doing it every single day just sounded crazy to me. Yeah. So what was the social life like at that high school? I mean, obviously you have a bunch of performers there. Was it still like a regular high school, I guess, with like all their cliques and like different types of people or what would right. you say? It's funny because when I would tell people that, they'd be like, oh, is it like fame or is it like victorious? You know, when that was a thing. Yeah. That's how people would compare it to. But um, my first half of the school day would be my regular academics. And then the second half of the school day would be whatever area you were studying. So I had um, choir, I had music theory, or I had piano. So it was kind of a mixture of everything. I think the unique aspect was that everybody was very arts oriented and in so many different ways. So it wasn't just performing arts, it was writing and artistic, figure skating, instrumental. Um, it wasn't a regular like high school, like you wouldn't look at it from the outside and say, hey, that's a school. Funny enough, it was actually an old mattress factory. Interesting. Yeah, and all the walls are bright colors. Oh my God, I love it. We would eat lunch in the hallways and people would have jam sessions and just sing and play guitar. So that social aspect, definitely couldn't get it at a regular high school. 
I mean, that probably helped you into your transition into rider because it was kind of similar in a, yeah. in a way, you know, probably not exactly the same, but it's very much like anywhere you go in the fine arts building, like you're going to see people creating, you're going to see people working on their different projects. And I love that part of rider. So that's kind of cool that you grew up with that. Yeah, I was just so used to it. So that's why I say when I got to my senior year, I was like, I can't imagine doing anything else because I've been doing it like this. So Rider is almost a great stepping point because it was the same thing, but kind of on a bigger scale, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Were you stressed or nervous when you came into Rider for musical theater? Did you feel like, no, I'm confident, like I know what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it? Like what was your, what were your emotions going in? I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I knew when I wanted to go into theater that it was not going to be easy to even find a school. And my, my parents were so incredibly supportive. And I thank them so much for my senior year of going to all those college auditions and tours. Like I had to see double digits of schools, like so many places and like unifieds, just a lot of money and a lot of time. Oh my God, seriously. (laughs) I'm very grateful. Yeah. And I feel the same way about my parents, but you don't realize like how much work and effort that is just to find the place where like, you know what, this is where I'm going to be comfortable for the next four Mm -hmm. years. It is a process. So yeah, I think we're both grateful to have parents who help us out in that way. For sure. Yeah. And I admire anybody that ended up going to a school and then decided it wasn't for them and did something else or like auditioned at a different program because I just remember that process being so grueling that if I had to do it over again, I don't know if I would want to. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. And I don't know. I was lucky enough and you probably were too, I assume, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm going to stay at Ryder. I like it here. But (laughs) if that was the case, like I still wanted to perform, but God, that would have been just so stressful. After a long year, no. But when I got at Ryder, like I said, I mean, it definitely felt from like home at the audition, but I think it goes for most people that when they're a freshman, you have no idea what to expect. And it's your first time really being on your own and away from home and just a lot of pressures from everything. And I don't know where I belong, but I would say I kind of went in with an open mind and I feel like that's the best thing that you can kind of do. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that worked well for you, honestly, because you were involved in a good amount of shows and projects and I feel like you were a very well-liked, respected person at the school, just because of who you are. Yeah, you were always like very kind and open to talk to anybody. And this is like who you are. So I think it's a lot easier to be kinder and nicer than meaner. It's what I always tell people. I feel like you have to really work to be mean and unkind to people. But if you're just nice and willing to talk to anybody, that's the best place you can put yourself in. Oh my God, I love that mindset. That's (laughs) great. And it's so true, you know, because... If you don't know somebody, you could just sit down and talk to them about whatever drama is going on and you can connect with them that way, but that's not going to last. And then the only thing you guys will be able to talk about ever is whatever drama is going on. And that's not what I want to build a friendship on. I'm, obviously, that's not what you want to build it on either. So I, I love that mindset that you have just going in and be like, yeah, let's actually connect here and talk about life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Throughout your time at Ryder, you were performing, but I think you also had a bunch of other stuff going on while you were in college. Is that correct? I had actually, so I have an agency here at home in Pennsylvania, and I had just started really working with them, I would say maybe my freshman year. So every once in a while, I would get an audition um, through them either to go to QVC or somewhere in Philadelphia. So there were a couple of times I was traveling back and forth to Philly in between classes, or I'd schedule something and miss a class and just go to it and then be able to come back. 
So I did balance that a lot, which was, it was just so convenient being in that area that I had the opportunity to be able to go and do that. Absolutely. And let's talk about your work at QVC because it's just (laughs) so cool. It's such like a fun little job that you have. So why don't you explain it? You could probably explain it better than I, I can. Well, whenever people ask me, like, how did you even get started in QVC? Yeah. It's kind of the funniest story, really. When I was, oh gosh, 16 or 17, I was in a beauty pageant. So I don't know if many people know that, but um, I did the National Miss American Pennsylvania or something. Oh my God. And, yes. Um, yeah. So I was in Harrisburg for a couple of days competing in that. Never had done anything like that in my entire life but I think somebody had scouted me and asked me to go. So I decided to, and I ended up winning the acting competition for like my age division. And yes, I got you did. <laughs> like second runner up or third runner up for the talent portion. And then I made like the top 15 out of my division without having like any knowledge of anything I was doing there, which was pretty crazy. And actually the girl that is the current Miss Pennsylvania um, I competed with in that pageant. I picked no way. Wild. So um, cool. Yeah. But I got scouted from an agency there and they kind of took me under their wings and I took classes in Philadelphia and I would go there every single weekend and take a class. And then I was working towards meeting with agencies and managers. And at the time I would be going into New York and I would talk to these agents and uh, I meet with them. But at the time I wasn't 18 years old yet. So none of them really wanted to sign me until I turned 18. And I was like, you know what? That's not going to work for me. I'm going to go figure it out. So I ended up going to my local agency where I am now, walked in with my pictures and said, hey, I want to work for you guys. What can you do for me? They took me on the spot and I ended up on QVC with them. (laughs) Yes, girl. That's so cool because obviously when you're younger, you have a little bit more like optimism or like Mm. uh, you're a little more brave to like go in and be like, hey, I want to work for you. But I mean, people can still do that now at our age or like even older. And that can really make such a difference of just taking that step and be like, no, I'm going to go in. I'm going to ask for what I want. The worst I could do is say no. Well, why am I not going to try? It's so true. I've realized that more and more for so many things. Anytime you reach out to somebody or you want some sort of connection, the worst answer you're going to get is no. And if that's what you get, then that's fine. You have so many other opportunities that somebody might actually say yes. Yeah. You just move on to the next thing. So at QVC, you are the model for all the different products they're yeah, selling, right? The beauty products there. So that can be hair products, face products, tanning, anything like that. Hopefully one day I'll be getting pretty consistent being on there right now. It's kind of in and out, but there's some women there that have been there for 22 plus years, which is pretty remarkable. They've been there for a long time. Like they're the the seasoned veterans. I'm still actually a youngin (laughs) when I'm in there. People are much older than I am. So I, not that it's intimidating, but I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so cool. (laughs) That is so cool because it's something that everybody knows, but I don't think people think of it as like, oh, I'm going to make a career out of this. So it is cool to hear from somebody, obviously, like you're doing it and you look beautiful. I was looking at your website, by the way. Um, (laughs) By the way, your website is amazing. How did you design that? It looks so good. Oh, thank you. I, You know, that's another skill of mine that I didn't realize I had or that I liked, but I'm really good with technology and just at least like the graphic design aspect of stuff. 
before I had thought about going to the, into theater, like graphic design, anything, communications, things like that, advertisement, I really enjoyed. So I kind of just do that stuff for fun on the side. Oh, wow. I didn't, I honestly had no idea that you did that actually. Like it looks incredible. Oh, thank you. Um, thank but you. yeah, so there's this video of you when it pops up and you're modeling a self tanner, I think. Yeah, I probably have it on right now. No way. <laughs> I, I've been I've been using his products for like five years or something like that. Like I have his phone number. We text back and forth. He's great. Amazing. If you need a self tanner, he's awesome. What's his name? James Reed Tan. Okay, cool. He's based out of the UK, so he has a nice British accent. Oh my god! Yes, girl, get it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's so cute. Like half your body is tanned, and then you're modeling the other, like whiter side. You're just so natural at it. So were you trained to what they wanted you to do? Like, there's a way to blink. There's a way to smile. There's a way to look natural. So what was that whole process for you like? Yeah, they actually have a training that you do have to undergo when you go to QVC. So what happens is they send in your pictures, all of your modeling information, and then they decide who they want to see. And they bring you in and they give you kind of a, a casting, really. You sit on camera. For me, they had me like apply lipstick on air. And then they yeah. washed it back and kind of gave me my critique. And they teach you where to stand, what cameras to look at. Different clients want different things too. So they'll give you a breakdown of kind of what they're looking for also, how they want you to model the product. So for him, he always says, you know, put your arms a certain way so we can see the difference in your skin tone. So it just kind of depends what product you're modeling, but they go through a series of training um, and you either pass or you kind of fail and they're like, okay, we'll bring you in again for another training and then go from there. And what was your first time seeing yourself on air like? Oh my gosh, it was so weird. My parents were, of course, incredibly excited. And I mean, they are every time they always record me. So I remember getting back home and watching it on the TV. And at first I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I'm on TV. But then you start, you know, critiquing yourself and looking at yourself. Yeah. And it's just so weird. I'm sure you have that experience too. Like, oh my God, how did I get here? What am I doing? <laughs> Who am I? Like, it's I know. So <laughs> yeah, sometimes like I'll look at the playback and I'll see my hair like looks terrible or something. I'm like, there's nothing I could do about that. I'm like, can somebody right. please stop this from like the entire state of New York just like looking at this right now? But it's like, whatever. I don't know. I, you have to get into the mindset of being like, all right, shake it off. You're beautiful. <laughs> just like move on with your day and don't obsess over it. Yeah, yeah, their cameras are interesting too because you can see like the live air showing of it. So you see what you look like and then you can see like the next slide of where they'll be placing you. Kind of interesting because you're, you're smiling, but then also you have to see where the cameras are. So it's a little bit tricky. Right. And you're like, oh, should I adjust myself to this camera mm -hmm. for the next shot? Yeah, that, that's stressful. But I mean, you're beautiful. So like, oh, thank no you. matter what. Yes, of <laughs> course, of course. So then after college, you know, there's this transition into real life. What was that like for you? Uh, when I finished, I was like, I need a break. Yeah, no. <laughs> like yeah. four years, I just need a break, which was great. Um, I went out west with my family as like a graduation present. And I got to do a bunch of hiking and exploring. Utah, Arizona, Nevada. And then I got home and I'm like, okay, now it's over. What do I do? I know. <laughs> this is where adulthood begins. <laughs> As you're sitting in your room, you're like, well, okay. Yeah. Let's it's get funny, started. Funny you say that because I remember I got home to my childhood room that I've lived here since 15 years old. And the first thing I did was like, okay, I need to get rid of all the things like that. I'm a little kid stuff. So I took out all of those things and put in like yeah. college apartment stuff and made it feel like I was back in my place. 
So that was one of the very first things I did to adjust myself. I like that. Do you think that helps like adjusting your surroundings to create the world or the mindset that you want to live in? Is that something that you try to take in your life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely like books and sayings I've heard kind of of that idea of clutter outside is like the same clutter in your head, you know, right. the outer disorder. So I try to keep my things pretty contained and clean and at least it'll motivate me and feel like a positive atmosphere that I can be creative um, and not kind of feel stuck. Because I think when I was in my room where I was like, oh, I'm, I was 15 last time I was here. It just makes you feel like you're taking a step back and you don't want to feel that way. Absolutely. And you don't think of those little things right off the bat. You know, you're like, oh, I'm in my room. Like now I'm back here and I'm back to these same old feelings and you know, whatever you're feeling. But it's like, no, you could take the step to change it. All you have to do is just redecorate. I don't exactly. know. <laughs> yeah, it's a small little adjustment, but I think it definitely helps because I think that's the biggest thing when you go to college, you know, you have those four years of freedom and then it's like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. I have a roommate and like every three to four months, she just redecorates her room. She like moves her bed to another corner, mm-hmm. like little things like that. And I said, it just helps her mind to just not stay stagnant. So yeah. I don't know, maybe I should, maybe I should do that. Yeah, do it. Let me know how it goes. (laughs) I will. So you also interned at I Am That Girl. Yeah, that's so funny. I I had worked for them for about like five or six months. And again, that happened pretty much right out of school. But my first job out of school, I started working with a traveling theater company that was based in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. And I found that I had just a lot of time on my hands when I wasn't working. So I would just be in like the house they put us at or the hotel room. And I was like, I can't just sit here and watch TV all day. I need to right. be you know, proactively doing something. And I Am That Girl is a nonprofit company that is more focused towards college age girls and just creating an atmosphere for open conversation just to have talks about politics, religion, romance, like any kind of topic just for girls. Um, And guys can be invited too to open the conversation and bring them in as well. So there's chapters all over the country. And I found them through a book and I ended up just emailing the company saying, hey, I really liked it. If there's anything I can do to be involved, let me know. Forgot about it. And then a couple of months down the road, got an email saying, hey, would you like to intern for us? I was like, of course I would. Oh my God, (laughs) how cool. See, again, it's taking that step. And you weren't even probably looking for anything specifically. You're just like, I like this vision. I like this idea. Let me just put my name in the hand, see what happens. Exactly. I just loved their mission and I knew it was something that I can get behind and that I wanted to share. So when they reached out to me, of course, it was just unexpected, but timing wise, it worked out great. And it was something I got to do while I was traveling. And I got to connect with a lot of girls all throughout the country, talking to different colleges. And yeah, it was a really cool opportunity. Yeah. So what were you doing specifically for them? The second half of my internship, I did some social media stuff for them. So they had a closed Facebook group. So I would be in charge of writing any of their content and kind of starting that conversation and talking to girls. I was also in charge of reaching out to different colleges and seeing how their chapters were doing, how many people they had in them, kind of just getting an idea of as far as numbers and what kind of help they needed from like the nonprofit themselves. So I had a running list of all these schools that I would just on breaks go to a coffee shop and have a chat. 
which is pretty so cool. Yeah, because really, so many girls out there, you know, they probably want to have these talks or these conversations about all these different things. And maybe they don't feel comfortable in their own circumstances. So if you're a person that they could go to and reach out to just to talk to like, that's amazing. And that's beautiful. And everybody should have someone that they can connect with about whatever they're feeling in their lives. Yeah, it's just like a mentorship program. And that's something that I've clung on to, I think, since working with them is that I think no matter what stage of life you're at, no matter what age, having a mentor and somebody that you can look up to and can walk beside you and kind of guide you is something that's really important. So I am that girl that did a great job of that. And like, I still continue to not necessarily work for that company, but other places I've reached out to and connected and have people that help me um, whenever I really need to. Yeah, you have taken that role. And you really have been putting your name and your face out there. And you're like, yeah, I'm here to help people. Taking that, let's get into Smile with Jenna. So explain like what this whole project is for you. Yeah, you know, it definitely started off as a hobby. And really, I wasn't thinking it would be anything more. Again, this happened when I was on the road. And I was like, you know what? I really love writing. And I would love to put myself out there not looking towards it as a business by any means, just wanting to do it for fun and because I need something to keep myself busy. Mm -hmm. So I started working on a website for that and just writing. I had taken some time off of it, but especially during this quarantine, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, people need this right now. Like more than anything, people need this. And I realized that it's much more of just kind of a hobby. It's kind of like my passion, my purpose. And that's what I've been following. And like, I have visions and I have goals for it, but it's just like every single day I wake up and I kind of like figure out, okay, what am I supposed to be doing in this space? Like to me, Smile with Jenna just kind of feels like home to me. And that's what I want it to be for other people too. Absolutely. So what exactly do you do on a daily basis? Like, how are you reaching out to people? What is your mission? What is your ultimate goal? Yeah. um, My mission is just to spread kindness and joy. And that's my ultimate goal. Like I said, it's not the business side is great. Money is great, but the ultimate goal is impact and how many people can be impacted by that. And a lot of that has to do with just reaching out to people, telling them there's a place that you can come to where any emotions are okay to embrace, you know, where you are right now, where you want to be and just have an open, honest conversation you know, I grew up always having a smile on my face and being very happy and people perceiving me as just that. And I never really thought anything more of it. But through the years, I'm like, why are people not asking me like these deeper questions? Why aren't people really getting to know me? And then I realized, well, I'm not putting myself out there. I'm not being vulnerable. And a lot of people aren't like that. You know, vulnerability is hard. It's hard to open up and have these conversations, even though as humans, we all go through similar things like where we are right now. So Smile with Jenna kind of formed into that of just being an open place where I can talk with people and connect with people about whatever they're going through. Because when I had started it, I was going through a lot myself. So just to put myself out there, I thought, hey, if I can help one person, then that's enough for me. That's amazing. And I mean, you've really taken hardships in your life and turn them into something positive for other people. And that's just so incredible. And I have so much respect for you for doing that. Thank you. Of course, of course. And I'd say, yeah, I totally understand that vulnerability aspect of it too, because I think we can relate on that. I grew up the same way, like always 
putting on a smile. And if I wasn't okay, I wasn't going to let anybody know because Mm -hmm. you know what? I I have to act like I'm okay. I don't even know why that was. It was just like, that's how I perceived myself. I'm like, I I have it together. And if I don't, I'm going to hide it. No one else has to know it. And then I'll be okay eventually move on. And then you grow up and things happen in life. And you're like, wait, I'm, I can't be okay right now. Like there's Mm -hmm. no way. And what do you do after that? You know, you have to just realize that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be vulnerable and talk about whatever's going on in your life. So the way that you've turned this into a whole project, I think so many people can benefit from it because everybody has something that they're dealing with and they need to have an outlet to talk about it relate to other people about it, whatever's going on, and then realize that at the end of the day, you will be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's just about spreading awareness. The reason, you know, I had started this project was for my brother. So um, my brother was diagnosed with bipolar depression when he was 15. So I was just 12 years old. And I mean, when you're 12 years old and you're dealing with that, you don't really realize the extent of it. But as he got older, it just got harder and harder to watch. And you can slowly see it like decline and really take over. But I was never open about it or I would talk about it, but not necessarily say how bad it really was until, you know, it got to the point where it was really bad. And that was one of the biggest things actually at Ryder my senior year when they had done the um, Me Too monologues. Yes. Because that was the first time I actually put the story out there and I had originally wrote it anonymously. And then I realized, why am I doing this? This is a story that I think more people can relate to and if I want to share and be open and honest, then I need to put my name to it. So that was like my first experience, kind of putting myself out there and just talking about my brother and things that he has gone through. And then last year, I unfortunately lost him to suicide. And one of those, it's more just one of those things you can't, you can't really battle alone. Um, it feels when that first happens, it's very numbing and you feel very lonely So the only way to kind of go against that is to put yourself out there and be open and allow for people to reach out to you. So that's when Smile with Jenna kind of took a brand new shape and form and a purpose because it's not necessarily me. It's for my brother. It's how he's impacted me when he was here, how he's impacted me since. So it's just become like a vessel of us working together. And oddly enough, I feel more close to him than I have in a very long time just through writing and experiencing it and talking to other people and being open about it. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, like, thank you for sharing your story. Like that's just, you're so, you're so open and vulnerable with it. I mean, your strength is just amazing. And I heard about it a year ago and I couldn't believe it. And it's just, I'm like, this is Jenna. Like, this is just (laughs) this girl who's just the sweetest and the kindest to everyone. I just, I can't believe what you and your family have been through. It's just so hard to imagine. But the way that you've taken it and you've turned it into celebrating his life and using his story to benefit others and to help others. And, you know, you really are putting something really good to his name. And obviously, like his life was, I'm sure, just amazing. But the way that you're taking the story and just being like, yeah, he's going to continue on and he's going to help other people. That's just incredible. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what my mission is. um, And that's what I've put into the world is that's what it, I want him to be perceived as too. It's not his battles. It's not how his life ended. It's really just who he was in his spirit, which is kind and smiling and laughing. And that's what I gave to him too. So it's just like a team, the two of us working together. Absolutely. I do remember meeting him <laughs> one time. I think, did he come and visit my, you at Ryder? Yeah, probably my freshman year. He had come yeah. to uh, one of the open houses or like family weekends before. 
Yeah, I remember like sitting at dailies with you guys and like talking. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Sure, Yeah, he talked to everybody, so I'm sure he said hello. (laughs) Yeah, obviously you're taking your story and you are writing a ton and like putting it out there, sharing your story. So how are you reaching out to help other people? Are people coming to you with like what they need or how are you helping your mission? Yeah, I just started um, working on something which is inspired to smile, which is collecting stories of what brings smiles and laughter and happiness to other people. So that's kind of a new project that I started working on. And I had my first conversation just a couple of weeks ago and we had a Zoom chat just like this and we talked. So I'm hopefully going to start putting that out there for like a YouTube channel of story. So anybody wants to talk, but that's a really big one is just having conversations like that about, you know, what brings you joy and it can be anything, the smallest thing to the biggest thing. And then another thing that I started doing just to start getting the message out there is that, like I kind of said before, is I really like creating graphics and writing. So I started making stickers and those are going to be spread out soon. But the biggest one is called the You Made My Day sticker. And the idea of it is really to just go out there on the hunt for people making your day, people doing acts of kindness, give them the sticker, share the message. And like, if you're brave enough, take a picture and share it and just create a chain reaction. That's a brilliant idea. I love it. It's something so simple, but I think it can actually benefit people in their days and really make a difference. Like if someone handed me a sticker and told me I made their day, I'd be so happy. And I would be so happy to give it to somebody too. So, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited for them to come. I mean, there's so many ha- small things like that, that happen to me on the daily basis of just strangers doing kind things. And it's like, oh, I want to say thank you. Like the other day I was at the grocery store and I had just two things I had to check out and there were lines everywhere, but the guy noticed I only had two things and he's like, hey, you can go in front of me. It's okay. And yeah. at that moment I was like, oh man, I wish I had this. <laughs> you really just made my day. I'm so appreciative of you. So just some small things like that. Oh my God. Well, definitely keep me updated on when those come out because I will be buying a bunch. Yeah. So you also are getting your life coaching certificate. Is that correct? Yeah. First of all, congratulations. That's so exciting. So what are your goals for that? It's funny because I think when I was in school, I always knew like there was something I wanted to do, but I just had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. And creating my own business, anything like that was never at the top of my mind. But just being in the performing arts, we're already kind of business oriented. Yeah, (laughs) for our own business. So it kind of just worked itself out in that way. And especially here in quarantine, where I'm like, okay, I have to figure out something else. So timing wise, it was like, this is it. This is where I'm supposed to be. So I started um, doing that and I'll be finished in about two months. But life coaching will just fit into smile with Jenna so perfectly. And it's again, just helping people kind of get to their best self. So um, whether that's in group conversations of like groups of 10 people and we're having talks about goals and dreams and visioning our future or like one-on-one conversations also where we talk about, Hey, where are you right now? Where do you want to be? And how can I help you get there? I think that's something that I have been doing for a very long time, but never put a title to it or didn't get to learn more about it. So again, it's one of those things like, oh, wow, I feel like home and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Good. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you. So can I ask, I I know you're like still in the process of getting it, but is a life coach someone you meet with like weekly or monthly, or obviously you said it can be groups of people. So is it kind of like maybe like a therapist in that sense, but there's like a different aspect to it? 
Yeah, it's really depends on, you know, who the person is, because you have the opportunity to kind of create whatever vision, whatever business model that you want. The difference between the therapy and life coaching is that, you know, therapy talks a lot more about your past um, and dealing with emotions and getting you to a place of being healthy and capable of making decisions. Whereas um, in coaching, you know, you're at that base where you're healthy and now you want to be the best possible version of yourself to a place where you're thriving and you can handle anything. And, and that's what excites me. You know, we're not putting a name to something and saying, this is wrong with you. You need to work on this. Or even with mental illness, you know, diagnosing with something. Life coaching is saying, hey, you are capable, you are strong. And because you're strong, this is what you can do. And I can help you get there. Just tell me what you need and how can I support you? So mm -hmm. it really depends on the person, whether they want to just meet once, although meeting once, you can only get so much. So sometimes you can do five times, you know, just once a week, or you can do it by month to month basis, just once a week, kind of whatever works for you, depending on your goals. That's amazing. And I think it's so necessary for everybody to have. And I'm sure from what I've seen, like it's probably not as popular as right now as something like a therapist is or something like that. But I feel like so many people could benefit so deeply from a life coach and being able to be like, this is what I want to accomplish and this is how I'm going to do it. And having someone to hold them accountable and to help them get to that goal, that's incredible. Yeah, it's pretty wild because like in this program, not only are we learning the skills to become one, but we're getting coached too because we're practicing them with other people. So in the program that I'm working with, it's called Journey Life Coaching. And I've met so many amazing people from all over the world. We have some people that are in France. It's pretty wild that just, you know, a random group of strangers are going yeah. through this program together and just chatting about life and all different age ranges too. But even at that core, we're all kind of working on the same things. And especially right now um, with COVID, everybody's in that kind of same position of feeling stuck and not knowing where to go. And like you said, it's something that anybody can benefit from no matter what age you are, no matter where you are, because we all want to work towards something. And there's people out there that are willing to listen and not everybody is willing to give that space for people. Yeah. And that's just so special that you are one of those people and you are ready to talk to anybody and help everybody. So yeah. this is, yeah, of course, that's amazing. So speaking of COVID and quarantine and all that, obviously it's been a difficult time for everybody. What have been some ways that you've found your way through and you've been able to find joy through these harder times? The biggest thing for me has been music and dance. Like every single day I will put on a song and even if I'm just cooking and need to like sing at the top of my lungs or dance on cooking, just being silly and goofy like that is been a game changer. It's so funny because, you know, you study musical theater or theater and you do it, but then you don't realize like why you absolutely love it and why you need yeah. it. And that's mm -hmm. just fun. I don't know why I hadn't been doing that for so long, but it's become something in my everyday routine now where I need that time to just turn on the music and kind of be free and not care if anybody's watching, just do whatever and just, you know, being comfortable in your body. So a lot of what I've been doing has been just dancing and singing for fun um, and also just working on my health. So eating really healthy and finding the time at least like 30 minutes a day of going outside for a walk, doing yoga, anything. In times like where I've struggled and been at my lowest point, my health was something that I always knew I could take control over and manage even when everything else on the outside is a little chaotic. And it doesn't have to be anything intense. It can be, you know, just 15 minutes of yoga or meditation. 
but having the time to yourself to really work on that every single day is so beneficial and makes such a big difference at the end of the day. Yeah. And it really does. It makes such a difference. And for me, the biggest thing that I struggle with probably is procrastination. And it's the stupidest thing because it's so easy just to be like, okay, I'm just going to literally sit here and like meditate for like 10 minutes. But something in me will like, oh no, I have to get this done. Or I'm just going to sit on my phone for like these 10 minutes. Like, no, you got to take the time and actually do it because then you're going to benefit so much from it and like literally change your life over time. And it's funny too, because I think even taking just that small amount of time, you'll get more done at the end of your day anyway, because you feel better. Your energy is lifted. I mean, I've always been pretty health conscious, but it was never like a, I need to do this or like Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying doing it. So when you find something that you actually really enjoy, it's like you can't go a day without it because your body just doesn't feel right. Yeah. So how long did it take you, I guess, if you had to estimate, to form those habits of doing those things that are bringing you health and joy? How long did it take you to make them an actual habit? Yeah. I mean, I definitely started, I think, doing that when I was at Ryder more towards like my junior year, because especially musical theater and anybody really going through college, you know, it's stressful. There's so much on your plate between balancing school, social life, everything. So I'm definitely a morning person. So I'll try to get up anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour before I have to go out and do something. And that habit took a while to get into. But once, you know, a couple weeks passed, it's like your body just kind of adjusts to it. And you can't, you know, finish your day without doing these core things like meditating or stretching, or I write in like my gratitudes for the day, like five things that I'm grateful for. And when you do those things, it's kind of like an outer body experience where anything could happen in your day. You could have a shitty day, but if you do these like small core things, you've accomplished something. Um, yeah. I think lots of times we beat ourselves up because we, like you said, we procrastinate. We don't do what we want to get accomplished for the day. But if we can take care of our health, we can eat well, we can do good to other people every single day, then we've accomplished something. And do you find that even on your harder days, you just stick with those habits and they help you through? Definitely. Those, I think, uh, on the harder days, that's what you need to focus on. Something that I've learned is on those days is just to give yourself grace because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we don't acknowledge our feelings or we just kind of power through, but it's kind of on those more difficult days where you kind of just have to sit with it and talk to yourself and be like, okay, where am I at today? What do I need? Whether it's to go for a walk, whether it's to literally sit on the couch, have a chocolate bar and watch some Netflix, like what is it that you need and whatever it is, like that's totally fine. Tomorrow will be there for you to do whatever you need to get done. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not, it's not ignoring the the hard times. It's being like, I'm gonna treat myself the way that I should be treated, Mm -hmm. because I want to help myself through this time in order to be the best version of myself. Is that what you would say? Yeah, and I, I think that's exactly it. And I think a lot of times, you know, I do this too, is you get in this position where you get really, really busy, and you don't focus on yourself. And then somewhere down the line, you kind of explode. And you're at this point, you're like, how did I get here? But if you're, you know, being very conscientious and aware on a day-to-day basis, and especially on the days where you're having a more difficult day, I think that wouldn't happen. You're not going to get into kind of that phase of, oh, how did I get here? It's really just being present in your daily life. 
God. Yeah. And it's so important because I mean, I do it, you do it. I'm, everybody does it. You get so caught up in work, school, family, whatever you've got going on, but taking care of yourself is the most important thing. And it's something that I don't know why, but we push it to the next day. And it's like, uh, it should be number one always, I think. And I'm not yeah. perfect at it, but it's become more of a priority in my life this year, honestly. So obviously you're doing it too. And yeah. My hope is everybody that's gone through like the COVID has taken the time to realize like how important that really is because, you know, you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of other people. And once you make that a priority, it's a game changer. So what tips would you give to anybody who's looking to get started to better themselves or to start out in self-care? I would say start small, like don't overdo it. Like I was saying, I like to get up in the mornings anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour ahead of time. But if that's not you. Don't set your alarm clock up for, you know, 6 a.m. And then it goes off and you don't get up and you beat yourself up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, that's, true. You're not going to get anywhere. So find a time that works for you, whether it's morning, afternoon, night, whatever it is, and start, you know, at 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, just keep adding on until you find like that right time for you. You know, it takes time to build habits. It takes time to build a routine. I love writing in journals, but I used to absolutely hate it. And I would buy all these journals because they looked cute, but then they would just sit. Yeah. They would sit and collect dust or I'd write in one sentence, get a new one, write another sentence and nothing comes of it. If you can just find, I think, 10 minutes to start off doing one thing, whether it's meditating, writing, breathing, anything like that, and just stick with those small moments, I think that's where the habit will start building. Can I ask what your daily routine is right now when it comes to self-care? Yeah, usually I'll wake up and I'll have my coffee while I read a book for a little bit. And I was saying I like to write down what I'm grateful for. So I'm a really big fan of Rachel Hollis. Um, I hope a lot of people I think are starting to know her name or become familiar with her work. But she has a journal that's called the Start Today Journal where you write down five things that you're grateful for. And then you write down your 10 dreams and it's as if like they had already happened. One of mine that's on there is I am a published author. And then you work down and you write them every single day consistently. So it's almost like you're mm. manifesting them and what you're putting into the world will happen. Um, yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't do that. You know, we don't give ourselves time to dream. So I do that in the morning, reading, writing, and then I'll kind of just check in with myself, do some meditation. So those are probably like the core pieces of my self-care routine, at least in the morning, but also, you know, throughout the day, just always checking in with yourself too. I love that. And I've heard of that journal too. And I, I have to buy it because it sounds so beneficial and so cool. And it's so true. You write down those dreams, then your mind starts thinking of, all right, well, these are the actions I can take to get there. When you put yourself in the mindset that like, this is what I want, things are going to happen where it's like, all right, well, this is how I'm going to get there. So let's just go for it. So it's really, it's always all about the mindset. So I love that that's that journal and you use it to put those things at the forefront of your mind every day. Yeah. I think a lot of times people get stuck in their head or they're always saying, oh, if I could do this or one day I'll get here, but you don't do anything about it. And then 10 years down the road, you're like, oh, why hasn't this happened? But yeah. if you write it down or like, I'm a big fan of also vision boards, you take the time to do that any time that you're actually putting the work towards it and you can create a, a visual to help you look at it without even knowing what you're doing, it's going to happen for you in some way, even if it's not exactly what's going to happen. I think all the pieces of the puzzle are going to come together and you're going to look back after the year and be like, oh, wow, 
that that, that did happen or I, I achieved that goal. And that's, the- yeah. Manifestation is it's so real and it, it sounds like this big wild thing, but it's like, no, you just think about what you want and then put in the action to get there. It's simple. Yeah. You know, you I just swear, do it. Whereby my vision board from last year in some shape or form, every single thing happened on it and it wow. boggles my mind. <laughs> That's amazing. So if Smile with Jenna is on your vision board for the future, like maybe five years down the road, whenever, like what, what does it look like? What is your goal for it? Yeah. I mean, hopefully I would love to be able to say, Hey, that's my job. And I do acting and modeling on the side and for fun. And that would Mm -hmm. just be a dream come true. So my goal would be to, you know, with these stickers and my mission to just spread that awareness of the kindness and joy have my clients that I get to talk to on a day-to-day basis. And I'd also, like I said, with that dream, be a published author. I really, I used to hate writing and I never had anything that I wanted to write about. And I thought I was a terrible writer, but now more so than ever, that's just become something that's mine and a time that I cherish too. And it's like, I write and then I read it and I go, wow, how did that come out of my brain? And I just want to share my story. So hopefully five years down the line, I will have that story written so people can read it. That's a big dream of mine. Oh, you're going to do it. I have no doubt in my (laughs) mind. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you're really, you're taking your life and your story and your perspective and you're turning it into a career, but a career that's really going to help a whole bunch of people. So it's just incredible. And I admire you so much for it. Do you ever like have any fear or like doubts in your mind about it or you're just ready to go? I mean, I definitely think I second guess myself often. It's like, as we all do, you know, we all do that. It's that imposter syndrome of why do I think I can do this? Or I'm too young or I'm not there yet, but there's never a good time. You're always going to make an excuse not to do something. And the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. And a lot of the times, you know, exactly what you need. I, I do this a lot where I'll ask for advice or an opinion and I'll listen to it, but I already know the answer and what I want to hear a big thing of mine has been just trusting my gut because a lot of people don't realize like your body's in your instinct is telling you what you need to do, whether you know it or not. If you feel crummy, your stomach's turning and it doesn't feel right, then it probably isn't. But if you have that feeling of like being expanded, your heart's on fire and this is where you're supposed to be, even though it's terrifying, if you work towards it, it's going to happen for you. It's not going to be easy by any means. Um, And there's going to be some troubles here and there, but at the end of the day, it's definitely worth it. I agree 100%. And I only ask that just because I know it's it's real life, but I have no doubt that you're going to accomplish like everything you want to and you set out to do. Yeah, of (laughs) course. Yeah. And it's so true what you said about the advice thing too. Like I always, if it's like giving advice to a friend about a relationship or something, you can give advice to a friend so easily, but when it's you and you're in the situation, it's so different. So it's always, for me, it's always listening to the advice that I give other people and be like, you have to give that same advice to yourself, whether it's about a guy or a job or life or whatever it is. I, I don't know. That's what I find. Absolutely. It's just, yeah. yeah. No, it's so true. You have all this knowledge and then you tell other people and it's like, oh wait, maybe I should listen to my own advice sometimes. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so true. Obviously, you've just started working with clients. And what rewards have you seen from your work so far? And you might have like experienced this too, even with your podcast now. Um, but sometimes people will send me messages saying like, thank you for sharing this, or I needed to hear this today, or like, you have no idea what that meant to me. Um, even on my blogs, I've gotten some comments like, 
you're a great writer, keep on doing this, you're going to make a difference. Or people, you know, sliding into my inbox saying, I'm rooting for you, like you got this. Mm. And those are just small things, but it means the world to me because, you know, it makes you realize you're not doing this alone and the impact is so much bigger than you can imagine. And that's why it's worth it. And that's why I do it and will continue. And, you know, it's, it's my purpose. It's not, now it's not like a, uh, what do I need to do to make myself happy? How am I going to get here? It's like, no, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Absolutely. And those are the people that are reaching out to you. And you know that not everybody who reads your stuff or like, here's your story is going to reach out. They're just going to admire it and then think about it in their own day. So that's just so special to hear like, yeah, you're helping these people who are thanking you for it, but you're also helping so many other people who are just keeping to themselves in the moment, you know? Yeah. And I think the craziest thing too, is like this type of work, you know, you're bettering yourself as you're doing it also. And you learn more about yourself as you do it too. So it's like this really cool thing of being a teacher and a leader, but also helping yourself along the way. And I just, yeah, I hope and pray that you just continue to do that. Keep, I mean, you're an amazing person already, but you're just going to become even so much more incredible. Oh, you're going to make help. me cry. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just so happy for you. Yeah, I could cry too, because you're just, you're beautiful, amazing. And you've been through so much this past year and it's just, you're just going to continue to do such amazing things oh, for so many people. It. Of course. Anything else you want to share with us? anything at all any words of wisdom no pressure anything <laughs> oh gosh words of wisdom what do I got I don't even know why I said that you don't have to <laughs> come up with some big quote <laughs> some big uh knowledgeable thing for everybody to listen to um I would say you know my biggest advice and I think I had said it before trust yourself whatever path that you are on is right for you that's something that I think I've always known from a young age I always never wanted to compare myself to other people. And I see so many people doing that. And especially like in that field that we are in with performing, it's so easy to compare our journeys and our work with other people, but we don't do it for other people. We do it for ourselves. And then other people get to experience that joy. And no matter what it is in life, you know, you're never going to be happy if you do something for other people. But if you do it for yourself and you follow that passion and that joy, that's where that true happiness is going to be and lead you. So I think that would be my biggest piece of advice is to just trust yourself, do it for yourself, because if you're showing up authentically, people are going to follow you and you're just yeah. going to create that authentic space for them to be their self too. And that's, I think, how we can all change the world. You know, we put on these faces and we try to be people that we aren't, but if we're open and honest about who we are and ourselves, I think that's where we can make a really big impact. Well, for thinking of that on the spot, that was great and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, where can people find you online? Smile with Jenna is pretty easy to find uh, because luckily that didn't exist on the internet. So that was great. Perfect. Um, so it can be found on Instagram at Smile with Jenna or just my website, smilewithjenna.com. And same thing on Facebook, Smile with Jenna. And then any of my acting um, and modeling stuff is just my name. So it's Jenna Atkinson and you can find me there. Perfect. Amazing. Yes. And little fun fact, she really does look like Jennifer Garner. That's what everyone said. Oh. 
<laughs> I have that, yeah, that back-to-back picture of the young Jennifer Garner. Oh, it's the young Jennifer Garner. Yeah, with the, um, okay. well, I don't know if it was her from the movie 13 Going on 30 when she has, like, the bangs, because I had bangs when yes. I was young. You really do look exactly like that girl, but you do look like Jennifer Garner. But I too, still a get that, bit. yeah, a little yeah. bit here and there and it's always so fun like who am I going to be today okay <laughs> yes but no your modeling pictures are stunning always have been and so it's of course, super fun <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god what an outlet that's awesome well that's that thank you so much for your time today I mean anybody who listens to this is just going to get like a bright shining light of positivity so thank you oh, for that thank yeah. you and I'm so proud of you for putting this together and you know talking to people and just sharing because it's just fun we don't realize that we can just have conversations like this and help each other out by spreading awareness. And it's fun. It's so cool just to hear like all these different people's stories and ideas that they're taking, you know, I I love it. I love it. So thank you. Thank you, Jenna. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Kylie.